Silver Lair, how the heck are you? Thanks for being good, here. How are you? Good, good. I wanted to have you on for forever. And I know you're a good friend and Chelsea's a good friend and you both work in marketing. And I was like, y'all are going to be wonderful friends, especially if we're all what drinking and talking. Do? The what? I said we do? Yeah, I literally work in the same flipping industry and do the same exact thing, I think. Pretty much the same exact thing. I love that. Well, so what, what do you do? Why don't you tell me that? Um, I do like social media and digital marketing for full service advertising agency. Um, basically means I post on social media. Awesome. And like other things. And Chelsea, what do you yeah. do? I also have a fancy title that basically means I post on social media and create really cute content for people to hopefully double tap on and maybe purchase something if they're in the mood. If you're a sucker like me and you just throw a really punny piece of seafood on a shirt, I will literally pay up to $30 for it. No problem. And he's done it a few times. Twice. And I'm going on my third because they just came out with the, uh, was it the orcopedic surgeon? It is an orca with a little surgeon's thing on. It's perfect. I love it. I'm, I'm sold already. <laughs> You're a marketer's wet dream, John. Literally. And they say wait 48 hours before you buy something unless it's, like, really good for you. And I usually no. do that. Who said that? Well, the people who are trying to get you to not buy these things. Oh, okay. No. Not the people who we want you like to buy them. them. Yeah, no, not you guys. You two are not like that. No, buy it immediately. You two are like... Can we say bye today? Yeah, yeah. If you, if you, if you hesitate... If we can tell your eyeballs stayed a little bit longer on it than the other things, we're going to put it in front of you three more times in the next five minutes. Oh, yeah. You'll get an email. Don't forget your cart. You know? I've gotten those before. So how real is that? I always wonder because I'm super cynical about the algorithm. And every time I, I'll, I'll hesitate on a sponsored post and then I'll keep scrolling and I'll be like, God damn it. I know they captured that. They, they could tell that I hesitated on it. Yeah, it's called an impression. <sighs> It's like, I don't know how, how like, um, like in depth you are with like Facebook ads manager or like the back end of like Google analytics, but yeah, it's called an impression. You look at something once they know you've looked at it once, they'll serve it up to you two or three more times. It's called a frequency. I literally have to like teach little minions this all the time, but I hear this. it's like, you've seen it. The, the goal is to show some, somebody something like two to three times, it optimizes their choice to purchase or um, fulfill the result that you're trying to capture. So an impression is different from a view because you can have the same impression upon someone multiple times. Yeah, so like an impression is like a broad term for like you interacted with it, like you saw it, it was on your feed or like, and then there's like a click or like, I don't know, like a like, you know, the terms are, pretty cut and dry, but impressions basically how many times it showed up on your feed. Yeah. My boss recently posted something on LinkedIn and he was so proud of himself because he got 10,000 impressions and it was just a silly picture of him and his son at an airport. And he's like, he's like, Oh, take a look. You know, I'm, I'm famous and all this stuff. I got 10,000 impressions. And I was like, what is an impression? So I'm really glad we brought this up because I didn't, I figured that was probably like the same 300 people maybe scrolled past it a few times. Did he spend money on it or did he just post it? Straight up just posted it. I definitely think that it well it depends on the content. I don't deal with a lot of LinkedIn, but to put it in perspective, I posted something super dumb about a car wash and I got 
1,625 impressions yesterday and I spent no money on it. Within 24 hours? Yeah, since yesterday at like 9 a.m. Are those all impressions for people in like the local area? Because the car wash is a super physical thing. It's organic. So like I can't actually pinpoint that unless I go to the back end of Ad Manager and look at demos. But like, um, like the, the page itself already has like high interaction. Like it's got over a thousand likes on Facebook. And they give you so. the analytics? They give you the analytics for it? Facebook does, yeah. Mm, it's kind of wild. How do you feel about Facebook? I mean, like, that's... I, we hate on Facebook all the time. and we're Mark all, Zuckerberg all, is Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, he really is. He's crazy. The whole metaverse shit is wild to me. Yeah, our company doesn't advertise on Facebook anymore. How come? It literally just produces the worst leads you could ever dream of. Like there is nothing concise in any of those leads. We actually now advertise on LinkedIn and mm. improvement, but mostly just because LinkedIn is more B2B than B2C. So there's more people looking for the right thing, if that makes sense. Yes, that does make sense. Yeah. So like, are your like, if you don't mind me asking, like the people you market for like brick and mortar or is it like an online like purchase? Oh, no, I work for an international company. Yeah, so we we have like some advertising on Facebook. We do um, like we have a new sector, and that's what we're promoting on Facebook. But also, we're aiming towards grandmas and like older generation, forty, fifty up. Those are Facebook users. So, in that case, it is hitting good leads. Our other sector of the company, we're hitting more like inter we're hitting more like companies like big places like H&M and designers and things like that because I work in the fashion industry and LinkedIn will produce like a hundred less leads but it will have a higher percentage of leads that actually go somewhere Mm, like a better quality yeah so it's definitely quality over quantity but in our company completely preferred it's less work for us in the long run so you work for a company and you're in their marketing department yes and i specifically work for the america and south america offices um i work for a agency so we have like different clients that need like different marketing do you know what i'm saying we're yeah not, i'm not doing just one person doing like or not one person one business just we like, work with a company like yours because they yeah. do some of our graphics when we don't have enough time yeah you like out of this who do you work with? Are they local? Uh, Spider Boost. Yeah, I don't think they're local. <laughs> they're a really good company, and considering the needs that we have, like they are perfect. They really get the job done. I'm learning Even so though much. Our person just left on maternity leave, so I'm like praying that her cover can handle it. I am so triggered by that. My worker, pregnant, left on maternity leave, came back for two weeks and put it. Okay, so the good thing is the person that just went maternity lead, lead owns the company, so she won't do that. <laughs> but she will be leaving her assistant or like some kind of person in charge. And I straight up asked her, I was like, a uh, person's name. I was like, I swear to God, how many rewrites are we going to have because you're gone? I don't have time for rewrites. Uh-huh. Like, we are six months ahead on schedule constantly, so I need to stay six months ahead on schedule. <laughs> yeah yeah but at least that's Definitely. an option though i mean like mm-hmm. i feel like companies are getting really lenient with that stuff too which is great like the maternity leave stuff 
or at least more lenient. Maybe not. Well, I don't know her favor. The what? I don't know in like her favor. Like she owns it, so she can just kind of. That's a very specific example. I just kind of meant more in general, though. Um, kind of debatable. Yeah, no, it always is. I agree with that. Um, I think it depends your industry. Hmm? I think it just depends your industry. Mm. Well, sure, if you're a truck driver. <laughs> Not much you can do about that. It depends on, like, somebody else's ability to do your job, too, I think. Um... Some people are just irreplaceable, so. Yeah, they get more leverage. But it just makes you leaving harder on like, you don't yeah. need. Yeah, I mean, it's My management is like huge in the corporate world. So I could see them being like, you only get six weeks or you only get four weeks. And that's kind of bonkers. She only got two weeks. I know someone that only got two weeks and they work in a small company and she is their accounting manager. Their accounting team is literally three people, so like the other two cannot do her job. Mm. Yeah, two weeks off, and then from there they gave her a hybrid schedule. So that was nice of the company, but yeah, she's on a hybrid schedule. Like that was all they were able to offer. That's bananas. That really sucks. Our system is not right. very like, good with this. It depends on your position. How important are you? They might not be able to let you go. Yeah. In my world, the commercial real estate world. To relate to this, last year it was employees have all the leverage, and this year it's employees are starting to lose leverage. And I'm I'm all, I'm actually wondering if that's true at all. I think that's a lie, and I think it's a giant bluff. I I think we're still kind of at the point where the employers are like begging people to do stuff, and the employees are like, all right, well, you know, whatever, we'll we'll go ahead and do it. And so they think they have more leverage on that side. And if you go even deeper, because I like the philosophical garbage part of it and stop me if I go too far, but I'm, I'm kind of sitting here and I'm like, all right, it actually wouldn't kill us to slow down. And like everyone's sitting here like, go, 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 go more, 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 more numbers must go up all the time. And I'm like, hang on, hold up, deep breath. It would not kill us to slow down. It actually would not. It'd be fine. And everyone freaks out when I say that. And they're like, no, why would you ever call a recession? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, I, deep breath. It's okay. We can have yeah. a slow year. <laughs> um, I preach that we're a small like company. So I definitely like hit my boss a lot with the like, we work in marketing. There are no actual fires. Like it's going to be okay if we lose an account because of whatever. It's going to be okay if we have a slow month. It's going to be okay if we have a slow summer. I think it, I don't know. It's that like pushing to like do more all the time that makes people not want to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it pushes burnout. So I ask this a lot and no one seems to have a good answer. And I surely do not have an answer for it. What the heck is in our brains that makes us want to keep doing the more? Like, I, I just, I can't figure it out because it doesn't make sense. The people with less seem to be happier. Not like poor people living in an urban area in a city, but like go out and anywhere in the Midwest, dude's gonna have a farm, a little tiny TV uh, with two channels and a couple animals, and a small family, maybe a big family, and like a general store. And they're probably having a great life. They're they're loving it. You go to a city and you get all these people with Lamborghinis that seem really unhappy. I think it just depends your environment. I, 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 that's exactly what I'm saying. But like, what the heck drives us to want the more that creates less mentally? Well, like, 
for me, I live in a, like a, so like your question is like, are you going to choose like a podunk small town living in a house, like situation or like live in a big city? Is that what you're asking? My question and, like, is what is driving us to constantly crave the higher number? It, you don't have I to have an answer. Just, there's a basis where a lot of people are just not satisfied. Just like hang out in here all the time and like people just pop in. Occasionally we do. We're back on now. Sorry. Cody, our, our chief technology officer, <laughs> popped in the server. I forgot what I was saying. I know I did too. He totally threw me off. <laughs> he was like, hey, what's up, guys? Oh, okay. So there are some people that are satisfied and some people that are like never satisfied. And I think those people will one congregate together and like two congregate to cities that encourage or like maybe even exploit that kind of because I live in Miami right now. I've talked about it before. It's a very fast moving like pace city. Everyone's always go, go, go. Everyone has a side hustle. Everyone is always like busy and has plans. To be honest, it's completely obnoxious and it's not the lifestyle I really want. So like my plans are to do the moving up north and slow down because I don't see the need for so much speed in life. Hmm. Um, just because I feel like at that point, you're not really enjoying what you currently have because you're just consistently worried about the next event you have to go to, the next job you want, the next position you need, the more money you need for the next, I don't know, vacation or project, which completely valid to have those goals, but I don't think you should let it be your like one and only thing to worry about. That's my point. I work in an industry that is entirely concerned with how do we make these numbers get bigger? There is no other concern at all. Humans, nah, whatever, they don't matter. Make the numbers go up. And I'm like, guys, isn't the whole point of this to build our cities and like make everything like happy <laughs> it's at the core right focus of like the greater good and just focus on the greed yeah, yeah. Like money driven power they're not like she said they're never satisfied people aren't just never satisfied inherently sometimes so you know money is only like 500 years old companies that grow hmm? oh, oh, no, i was gonna say did you see that with companies that grow too like they're satisfied until they hit a certain point where they realize that they probably aren't satisfied and like that's it they never go back yeah dr matt brought that up at some point he was like guys it's okay we can have a year where we don't grow it's not the end of the world and that's that's dr matt's voice for you i call him dr matt because he's going to be a doctor one day oh okay <laughs> i thought this was like no no he's, he's just the guy that's usually on here he's just the dude in med school that's okay i'm chelsea i'm glad you brought miami up because that's exactly what comes to mind for me miami is such a vapid materialistic city oh my god everyone i know from there's always got the next coolest thing do i no you're pretty normal i don't know why you came out great <laughs> that doesn't mean anything i want the fast coolest thing you don't give a god. shit if you have a ferrari i know you i know you way too well for that <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, you can compare Miami to so many other cities in that situation, like New York City, Coast, LA, um, even like Seattle, yeah. and like even some locations are being built up now to not. 
to not be the next Miami, but we're so overcrowded that people are like, let's find somewhere else to go to and just make it Miami. And you know, now you have Fort Lauderdale that's now gonna be overpopulated soon too. And you have states like North Carolina that, I mean, I think it's been like in the past decade, I've seen a crazy amount of influx of people that are like, I'm gonna move there. Yeah. Um, Carolina. Carolina. Talk about Nashville. Holy shit. You ever seen a you ever seen a Snapchat of like Broadway Street or whatever it is with the people there packed like sardines on a Friday night? Yeah, yeah. I was just there on a Monday and it was brutal. I a have Monday? No desire. It's just too much. Like I, I couldn't believe it. I, I saw a video of people just and you could not move. They were so packed in. I said, Why have we done this? Why? This it's is not Fun. It's not terrible. fun. Like, how do you enjoy that? It looks terrible to me. I'm going to New York this weekend, and I'm kind of expecting it, and I don't really know what to do. But also, should be a cool experience. New York. I uh, love maybe two months ago. It was nice. It really? wasn't that bad, actually. Yeah. Everyone's seen. Everyone says it's a whole lot cooler than you'd expect. Yeah. Always something to do. Yeah. And like, if one place is crowded, there's one place that's completely empty. And there's always good food. Mm -hmm. I do so, think a lot of people left New York. I do think that it's just not as bad as it was before, maybe. We try not to get political I, on this podcast, but we can if you really want. <laughs> no. I mean, it just affects me directly because, like, I can't tell you how many people are living in Naples that retire or, like, aren't snowbirds anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, makes my life harder. The development down where you are, where both of you are, is insane for that exact reason. There's a whole ton of people moving down purely because, one, they can either work from home or do it remotely, or two, they just got sick of everything else and they're like, screw it, now's the time, let's do it. Fort yeah. Myers, a few years ago, was the fastest growing small city in the United States. It was like 15% population growth year over year, which is just wild. 15 or 19, something, something absolutely crazy. I don't know if Miami can get too much bigger. Everyone's calling it the new San Francisco. Or like the Silicon Valley. The problem with Miami is the infrastructure is budged. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's really, they're trying to fix it all the time and it's just never going to be fixed. There's this joke in Spanish that um, they say Miami is la ciudad que siempre está por que It's always progressing, which means it's never going to stop freaking changing they're never going to stop updating it the palmetto is never going to be fixed like we have um okeechobee and chrome avenue which goes like really south miami like if you're going to go towards the keys and all that it is still a pitch black street there are no lights on that street going down so there there's still room for upgrade it's just that they find cities that are not cities really when they find them they're like towns like you can even use Doral, for example. That was an infrastructure that was focused on businesses. It was focused on trucks. It was focused on like really big warehouses. Now you go, there's clubs, there's bars, there's restaurants, there's shopping centers. You can get your nails done. And it's only because the land was there and we were like, take it. Because you don't and have any other land. Build out. We don't build up. Mm -mm. Well, there's no way to you can't move out in Miami anymore. You you've hit the you've hit the Everglades. Like it's Yeah. No, you can still do it. Uh not in Miami guys, proper. Homestead. So Homestead right now is an is a location down south and it's like if you're going towards the keys, it's like the exit 
a couple exes before the keys. Yep. But Homestead had some amazing, like amazing buildup. Like Florida City, my brother's backyard is literally the swamp. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a brand new infrastructure that just got built last year. And they were like, there's room. We can keep going. And they are still building houses in his place. Uh, so I don't know if you guys, you, did you guys go to FGCU? Yeah. You know that. Uh, you guys did colloquium. Yeah. So like, you know how like there's this massive part of Florida that like can't be touched because it's conservation land in the center. Yeah. That stretches all the way down here. And the little homestead is um, like, there's a lot of farmland for organic farming down there. And if it's not there, then like the trucking route is blocked for all of like this Southwest of Florida. So if they keep building over there, then they're going to cut themselves off, I feel like. So I don't know if it, if, how much more room they have to grow, but. Don't but make yeah, the routes. They're really thinking. They're just building. Wrong. <laughs> it's very Florida though. It's well, very bad how much they've built. So part of the reason for that is they kind of found out, and this is maybe insider information, they've kind of found out that Ocala, around that area, maybe a little south of Ocala, which is a really small town, and I just found out apparently the horse capital of the world. Didn't know that. And that is information from a friend of mine. She works in the equine equine industry. Super into it. And I said, I was like, really? Are you sure? She said, yes, the world. That's crazy. I would have thought like Mongolia or some shit, but either way, (laughs) (laughs) you know, maybe 800 years ago, but either way. So there's this perfect little spot right kind of south of Ocala near Orlando, but not in Orlando, near Tampa, but not in Tampa makes this nice triangle where you can get to everywhere in Florida and you've got great access to the rest of the whole East Coast. And they said, oh, oh, let's stop building in Orlando and Tampa. Let's build between them. And then they're going to meet each other. And then we're just going to ship things from there. So it's been exploding. And Jacksonville, where I am, is the we call it the logistics hub of the Southeast or something like that. And it is. It's a gigantic hub for everything to come in and then be distributed through Florida. It ain't going to be in 10 years. It's going to be somewhere down there. Well, yep. that worries me. Um, I don't think you need to be too worried. The pendulum, I always think the pendulum swings one way and it always swings just as hard the other way. So just, like as soon as we get too many people crammed into one space, people are going to get unhappy. And when people are unhappy, they leave because after enough discomfort, we just we just fly away. That's what we do. So the second it gets too uncomfortable to be packed in here and deal with the highways and sit in I-4 traffic and sit in I-75 and do all these things... We're not going to do it. We're going to move back up across the East Coast or, hell, out to the mountains and be better off for it. Colorado's perfect. Oh, God, I love Colorado. Oh. It's so packed there. So many people live there. Yeah, of it's course. It's so expensive. Well, they legalized weed. <laughs> they got all the people who just piled onto that. <laughs> One of my really good friends from high school lives out there, and she, I mean, she lives out in the like basically the woods now but she was living in denver and it was really expensive i've heard denver is a mess but i've actually never been yeah got like the country's like the highest homeless population or something ridiculous like that not portland huh that's so sad yeah something ridiculous though i would have thought portland or san francisco at this point Mm -hmm. this place is i don't know i felt like when i was living in new york you saw them in every corner that's just a population factor. That's because you've got so many millions of people piled on top of each other. You're bound to have it. That's true. 
Where I am is a bum on every corner. It's, I mean, it's just kind of everywhere at this point. I feel like Miami is definitely allocated to downtown or the beach. Makes sense. I've been to Hollywood Beach. That's a nice place. You will find a few homeless people there now. We wasted. We waste so many resources. So everyone's like, everyone, everyone wants to give stuff out to fix things. I'm like, guys, stop giving. And that's a terrible statement in itself. But what you need to do is stop giving and instead stop wasting. Like, we waste mm -hmm. so much shit all the time, every day. And you see it happening and you're like, why are we wasting? If we didn't, if we literally just trimmed like 10, 20% of the fat here, we could take so many people off the streets. It would be so easy and we could get them productive. We can get them working and then everyone's producing food and happiness and shelter. And, oh God, it just seems easy when you put it into theory, but it, it actually isn't. That, that like works, operates off the theory that all people are inherently like not selfish. Sure. You know what I mean? Which I like. It takes a big group of selfish people to like decide that they are holier than thou and want to make more money than everybody to fuck everybody else. You know what I mean? Oh, money, make it harder for everybody else. Money's just an allocation of resources, and so I, I like to I like to think about that a little bit deeper every time someone says, "Oh my God, this costs this much," and I'm like, "Well, before we just assign an arbitrary number to it, we need to make sure we understand that it only costs that much because you're giving up the resources to do other things." So mm -hmm. like a Gucci bag is $1,200 because you've decided one month's rent is not worth that in most cities. And that's okay. And like, that's, you've just, you've made that weird trade off for some reason. And I think maybe we need to kind of reteach everyone how value works. Yeah. I think, um, Food, my water, roommate, shelter. dad says this all the time. You can't take it with you when you go. No. So doesn't matter. I don't know. I want this written ironically on my tombstone. He who dies with the most toys wins. <laughs> I do think there's like something funny about value though, because if there's anything now with small businesses, there's like no definition of value. Why do you say I mean, that? Well, because I can go on Etsy now and buy a $7 keychain, but there's probably a small business that's making it for $14. Sure. What's the value added that someone made it at their house and they're, they need the rent money more probably. That's really the only value that's being added. If you think about it, cause it's like the same exact keychain sometimes. Um, I feel are, like you talking, are, are you talking about like the difference between like small business, like local small business versus just the product? Well, I think there's something to be said about a handmade product from like a person. But that's what I'm saying. It's not handmade. I'm uh, saying people that buy the bulk items off um, that really popular store. Oh my God. It starts with an A and you can get everything from China. Wayfair? Ali. AliExpress. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's you people just reselling shit to make a profit. But what I'm saying is that's a funny way to look at value because there's people that see that they'll buy it for $14 and they'll be like, Oh, but I bought it from like this little boutique. Okay. Well, but the they think they're helping, but they're, but they're not, I mean, they are, but the product is it. When it's handmade, hell yeah. I just spent a hundred dollars on a handmade bobblehead for my dad. Completely yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. Completely. And I think it was a valid purchase because like I saw the person making it on TikTok, and I was like that looks like at least 18 hours of work you you earned my money yeah. you earned more but you're selling it for 100 so i will take that but 
I saw an Etsy keychain I wanted for like $8. And then I was like, oh, that's so cute. Let me just see if I find anything else. I went on Amazon. I found the same exact keychain for two. And I was like, oh, I thought they made that. Right. Well, it's like Amazon does that. They like purposefully lower prices of things and mark up other things. Cause like they, Amazon like fucks the system by like making things dirt cheap. When they right. Should. But it's messing up the value system. It is. Sure. System was now, I don't ago. think that it, I don't think that keychain's worth twelve dollars when I can get it. Also marketing a little bit. What, John? I just said the value system was messed up a long time ago. But besides that, Chelsea, the mindset you described is something that I I love because like I kind of get it. Like if you see something in your local community, you know it was made by your local community, you're happy to do it, and you're like, you're like I have no problem. I'll, I'll give up more for this because it makes me feel like I am keeping it within the tribe. And that's like a good thing. Right. That's that's ingrained up here, and that's okay. I think that's a that's something we need to remember and, and that's teach. Just helping your community. That's just something that. Yeah. Most people are like help your community. You see a Girl Scout, buy twenty boxes. Maybe that's just me. But <laughs> <laughs> your local library guys. Yeah. Right. Local library card. Show me. I buy books. I still have a library card. They have a great online system. Me too. Dude, me I too. Do it. I hate this movement. Libraries. There's like a whole bunch of big celebrities that are like, we don't read. Reading's a waste of time. You could be using that time grinding and building your brand. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't tell young people that. Don't do it. <laughs> Reading okay, is so, so good. That's like a whole circle back to the beginning of the podcast. Sure. Fast, low pace. I'd rather be slow and read a book. Yeah. Than go grind and make a side business that I probably don't even care about. But yeah. maybe not even just because like doing the thing for the sake of the thing. So like Sahil Bloom, who Chelsea, you know, I talk about all the time. Love the guy. Follow him on Twitter. Talk to him once in a while. Fun dude. Not personally, but um, uh, it's a guy that I follow. He's entrepreneur, big thinker guy, super humble. Love the dude. He put out his, uh, his like 22 lessons learned in 2022. And it's all humble stuff. So I'm okay with it. Very cheesy title. But one of them was it's so much better to like really, really dig into one or two books that you love and that you find value in as opposed to just saying, I read a hundred this year. He's like, look, I used to humble brag that I read so much. I did this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm such a great person because I'm reading all the time. And then I just kind of realized you don't really absorb any of it. So if you can, if you can truly find value in one or two things, really get to know them and just love them and like actually feel, feel better and different about yourself you've come way further than anyone who's read a thousand books in a year. I was like, ah, I, I really like that. I think that's a good, that's a good idea. It's a good perspective. And Silver, I'm not, I'm not messing with you because I know you read a lot and you get through a lot of books. That wasn't a dig on you. No, I just think that like, I don't read to better myself and I rarely read to learn something. Like I read because it's a solid time for me to escape. You know, it's the same reason people watch TV yeah. and I read fast, like, because I read so much. So um, this, I don't know, 200 page fucking rom-com, I'm going to finish it in five hours. Like that's an, that's an evening bottle of wine for me. Do you know that's what I'm saying? Really but if I was trying to learn something like, yeah, reading two specialty books about the topic and really trying to figure it out would be better than reading a million books on the topic. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I completely agree with her because I will bang out a rom-com in like an evening. Same thing, grab my wine. But like, 
when I read the finance book you recommended me, yeah, I like sat down and like annotated it and like mm -hmm. I read it for like at least a week. Yep. But if I'm just reading to read. <laughs> it's just a different type of reading, I think, that you do, John. I think that in and I also find this really common in men, and I'm not trying to be sexist, but like <laughs> dudes just like don't it doesn't like they don't read for the fun of it sometimes they read because they like the analytical figuring something out thing part of it they read with purpose mm -hmm. and like john doesn't always do that he reads some dumb books and like fantasy stuff Can't yeah he likes doing it. right it's a very it's a very male dominated like i don't want to say male dominated but i feel like self-care um like not self-care, the betterment books. Those are sold towards men. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I was reading, I read this one. It was literally like a 25-page like novella I picked up at an airport. I'm reading it. I'm literally like, this is common sense. I'm like, this is emotional intelligence 101, and I already have it. And I was like, I looked at it. It was written by a man, and I was like, I read it. It was correct. Like, nothing in it was wrong. But I just felt like, I feel like sometimes maybe this is this is gonna get sometimes men who have been like emotionally repressed for years like not allowed to show emotions they need it like laid out in front of them on how to do it so they read about it so Valid. i'm not disagreeing with you i do have to defend myself i like i like bullshit books and i am i'm a weirdo in the fact that I, you like boy bullshit books. correct like, no, no, they're pretty good i read i've read uh was it prism Black Prism, yeah, with the, it's a Brent yeah, Weeks, the Lightbringer series. Good. Fucking well, amazing fantasy, wonderful. I read all of the Red Rising series. Excellent. Like the first... hmm? Excellent series, love Red Rising. Okay, um, we should start a book podcast. We should, no. I, would totally... <laughs> I would love a book no. podcast. We just pick a book for the podcast and we just go in on it. We this just do it. all is, of it. This is my worst Call nightmare. <laughs> Call me, no. podcast on books. Yes. 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 You can yes. join We'll pick John. We could just make him read girly romances. And then be Look, like, I, I, I actually have no problem with that. I, I've always been so curious on like what men's takes are on girly romances. Like, yes, I'm living in La La Land. I'm like, this could totally happen. But I feel like a guy would be like, this would no. never fucking no. happen. I, there are like certain romance little sections that I'll like, I'll send to a friend of mine. And he's like, yeah, absolutely not. And I'm like, what do you mean? This has me crying. And he's like, that's never going to happen. And I'm like, you broke my heart. I'm like, I want a man that's written by a woman. Like, that's what I want. I'm a... Oh, that would be a great conversation one day if we bring a girl back, the female gaze versus the male gaze. And everything, marketing, books, movies, it's all there. It's all yeah. there. You can tell. That's oh. what I'm saying. He writes books meant for the, he reads books meant for the male gaze. And I read both, to be honest. Yeah, but, like, but I prefer, right, like, I prefer books so, written for the female game. So, like, you could, you could tell, books. like, who's writing it for who? Yeah. I'm curious you about can, this. It's the cover, honestly. Like, you, like, the cover, have... the book title. So Wait, what? Oh, like, the for men finding books, like, it's oh, on the yes. cover. Like, yes. male gaze is on the cover. Yes. Yes. All right. Real quick, because I have lost all control of this conversation, which I'm okay with. I, I need to defend myself. I am I am a weird person who can read five books at once simultaneously and just kind of swap between them depending on what I'm doing. 
But the books that I'm reading right now are, I have a Ray Dalio book, which is like philosophy and economics. I've got the Wheel of Time series, I'm on book four. Just literally fantasy. It's Lord of the Rings expanded is basically all it is. Yeah, I've I know. No one knows. The second book of the Aragon series, which I read when I was a kid, and I loved it so much that I'm reading it again. Fantastic. So easy. It's mm -hmm. Harry Potter with dragons. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have third Dune book, and then Money by Jacob wow. Goldstein, who's a guy who used to write for the Wall Street Journal that I find very interesting. And it's literally just the history of how money came to be. So that is that is me on the table. Question down, Cole. How many of those are written by men? Oh, all of them. That's the thing. Got it. I'm agreeing. No, I'm totally agreeing. I like... All right. To defend your point, and I'm again outing myself here, all of my favorite stories have a winner. They have an absolute... They have a strong but like emotionally intact winner who cares for everyone. He's a hero. He loves Wait, everyone. He kicks ass. How many of those are men? All of them. Literally See, every one of no, them. I'm okay with better. it. I get that. Wait. Even better. Love the Hunger genre Games. Based. Katniss Everdeen's a badass. And the genre base. Mm -hmm. It's all fantasy and science fiction usually, and then economics. Yeah, those are male focused. Star yeah. Wars, Star Trek. Not um, disagreeing. Not disagreeing. Yeah, so. Right. It's marketing. I love marketing. I didn't know I was going to get psych psychologically dissected tonight. Sorry. <laughs> no, this marketing, like, it's interesting seeing how it goes into play. You oh, bought totally those agree. books because of the cover. I mean, you bought them at some point because you liked them, right. but they caught your attention because of the cover oh, and yeah. probably who wrote it and probably the title. Here, let me there's pull. And of course, the male heroine. Yeah. Um, Black Prism right here. Solid book. I have it. Pretty obvious. Um, question. Yeah. Have you read Babel? Babel? No. What's that? Um, it's like probably the best book I've read all year. Um, it's by... Hold on, I'm gonna pull up the cover because I think I robbed it. How do you spell it? Uh, B A B E L. Hold on, I have it. B A B E L. It Who's it by? Uh, mm, R F Quam. Okay, this is a sponsorship for Babel R F whatever it was Quang K U A. I don't actually know the gender of this. Um, maybe books don't do need gender. Genre. <laughs> Did you mean genre? Gen no, gender. Oh, it's a female. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure like this book is some of the best fantasy I've read. read and like, I can't tell if it's meant for like a female or a male, to be honest. Could be both. I'll some artists just really get it right. I agree. Anyways, what were we talking about? Oh, I, I was just saying, I don't know if books need gender. Maybe we can all just appreciate them for what they are. No, some are definitely goal-oriented towards I mean, certain genders. Well, for That's sales, just yeah. very easy for you to say, because, like, a female writer could write something from a female perspective, and it would get shelved as, like, rom-com, even though, like, like the ro romance isn't even there. You know what I mean? Because it's written by a woman in a female perspective. I have an interesting question, and I, I would love both your opinions on it. Do you think there are more male or female hardcore readers out there? Maybe just say in the United States, because I have no clue. I don't know. I, don't know. I think it's I, probably, it probably split right down the middle. based off age. You think so? I just mean overall. I feel like it also changes based off genre. Like Stephen King... Dudes ride or die for that guy. I'm not gonna lie though. I will also ride or die for Stephen King. I've never yeah. read one of his books. 
I think I have like 10 books on the top shelf of just him. I, I went through a I went through a phase though. Definitely went through a phase. Definitely. But I, I, I know the dude's talented. Hmm? I know the dude's yeah. talented. I've, there's a lot of people who just swear by his writing. There's a lot of horror yeah. into that. Eh, eh, I feel like if there's anything that I think is interesting about the difference between male and female readers, it's just a difference in their libraries. I feel like females are more likely to like broaden. They'll read anything. For some reason, if you got if you give a guy like a romance book, he looks at you like you're crazy. But if you give a girl a finance book, she's like, "Thank you, I'll read this." Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It makes sense. I don't know. Because like my Stephen King books are right next to Nicholas Sparks, so <laughs> that's just an example. Like I looked at it and I thought about it, and I'm like, no, yeah, that's a good point. I can look at my brother's bookshelf, and it's like literally all music, biographies, and like some history. That's yeah. it. I feel like women stick with writing mo or reading most of their lives. And men, if they did it as a kid, they drop it and then pick it back up as an adult, but only because they're told that it's going to push them further in life. Funny you say that because my little brother has read more books in his lifetime than I really don't believe I can like actually conceive like i think this boy this boy's read everything yeah. like i have thought it i've wanted to read it he's read it he's read so much that he's like back on like wattpad like reading stories that aren't even like published the know more know you saying? read the faster you read that's kind of the funny thing too is like if you don't do it it's going to take so long to get through anything and absorb anything because your brain's just not trained for it but once you do it you pick up momentum and then all of a sudden you're silver layer and you're crushing a 200 page book in a night oh <laughs> not gonna time you plenty of people do that okay. oh god i'm so slow but the problem is i almost exclusively TikTok. read it do what if you go on tiktok and you go on book talk i'll feel completely validated every single time really yes. why yes there is a group of us dude it's not just us it's a group that does what just reads a whole book in the night oh god mm -hmm. really <laughs> that's insane it that's reads, awesome it's, it's like a normal thing yeah. I don't know. I'm so I'm terrible about this because I only read at night, typically 30 minutes for bedtime. And that means I'm going to get 10 pages done and then I'm going to fall asleep on my book. And so like, that's just how it goes. It puts me to bed. That is so interesting that you can like actually allocate 30 minutes to reading because I feel I would say I'm going to give myself 30 minutes and then I'll finish the book. Yeah. What? I like, say 30 minutes. Chapter, it means yeah. 15. It means 15 and <sighs> done. Huh. Maybe I just enjoy it more. You probably do. Reading in the morning is great, though. That's one of those things that, like, if you just if you can convince yourself to just turn the alarm off and then instead of looking at your phone, open the blinds and pick up a book, you're gonna start your day really well. That's awesome. It's hard to I do will though. Leave my bed. I will just read all day. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good way for me to start my day. <laughs> good way for me. You get supercharged. You read five or six pages, and you're like, all right, good to go. Let's do it. I get up and do some stretches. That oh, gets me going. That's a good way to do not, it, too. Not reading. That will put me... I'll just take the day off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's that work-from-home life, right? For me, yes. That's even more dangerous. full-time? Yes, I do. I work from home full-time. That's so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so it has its days where that would be a very dangerous idea. I've definitely gotten caught. Like I'm working from home on a Wednesday and I take like 30 to read a book and that's the thing I know I'm like. It's I will PM. say, I don't know how your 
position works, but a lot of mine is project-based. If I have my project done, no one bothers me. Oh, people bother me. But nope. Sometimes I can just like, I can just like answer them real quick and then go right back. I can make it look like I'm working when I'm project project based work is a wonderful thing that I think we've kind of embraced a little bit more. It's like, hey, look, if if you're hitting the already crazy numbers that you've arbitrarily decided are going to be good for our group of people that are doing this one thing, then you're okay. You can do whatever you want. I'm sitting here like, yeah, that should be that way for everyone. It shouldn't be. You've got downtime. You should be grinding away. You should be doing more. I'm like, that's not healthy. That's not healthy at all. That's not good. There needs to be creativity time. I completely agree. You should just, at least project-wise, if you're like in those jobs where that's not an option for you, I'm very sorry. Um, it's the sales world. That's the entire sales world. It's, it's sales, customer service. If you're in like services, you know, engineering and all that crap, you're not just sitting there most of the time. You're actually working. So even mechanics and all that. You're. I agree. With that. <laughs> I've worked. Worked in a garage as a kid. You that's absolutely about true. That one. There are many. There are many down periods, and that's that's fine. There are many smoke breaks, but uh, it's kind of funny. I I think uh, I don't know if I've told this story in the podcast before, but th- it was it was the first time that I realized I was like, oh wait, one something's wrong. Two people don't really want to be doing what they're doing, and it's because I was volunteering for Habitat for Humanity at my freshman year of college, and so my buddy and I were out building a house six a.m. Sun's coming up. Fine, we get these two dudes next to us, full disclosure, Mexican dudes. It is what it is. And uh, and so we're working. My buddy and I are just these young, green, little white dudes, just like hammering away, trying to get the thing done as fast as possible and having a good time. Guy comes over and he goes, he goes, hey, amigo, 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 tranquilo. So I was like, they barely spoke English. And I was like, tranquilo, calm. I'm like, what what do you mean? He's like, like, tranquilo, tranquilo. He's like, more time, more money. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, you're an hourly worker. <laughs> really there. And no one's monitoring you. You can spend all day doing nothing in this house and get paid. I get it. <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm also hourly. Yep. Yep. Oh, no. I'm salary. Hey, man. I only get paid if I work. You go salary. Hmm? I refuse to go salary. You know... My job, like, it's nice that you have the structure to have projects and, like, have it be your responsibility and, like, end all be all. You do not have that structure at a small business. Like, if there's a project, like, half the time, I'm doing 40, I would say. I'm doing 40 projects. Like, there's no, there's a bunch of overlap. There's always little details that need to be fleshed out at the last minute. There's just no, like, it's hard to categorize yeah so I, I stayed away from marketing agencies for that reason yeah um so being hourly was just not an option or i would be in overtime all the time i i would be at it be at the office at eight o'clock like so funny enough i chose overtime because i travel for work and my company pays very handsomely mm. as an hourly worker and traveler and i know this for any company, by the way, if you guys are out there looking for a job and they travel, go for hourly because you will get paid a lot more. Because you. you're always yeah, on the clock. Because right. I work 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Right, technically. On those show days, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a great way to, for me to transition to uh, you see Twitter slashed their travel budget for everyone. 
Mr. Musk came in and was like, hey, we're selling all your Italian espresso makers. Also, we pay you way too much for travel. And I'm sitting here like, hang on, wait a minute. I think the Twitter people probably were pretty happy. I think they were good. They're like, hey, look, we're basically, we, we found ourselves a gig where we don't have to do anything. We can just skirt along and do okay. And we've got killer benefits and we're fine. We're part of this company. It doesn't affect us. And he came in and just threw that shit out the window. Where was Twitter traveling? I have no clue. <laughs> I don't know what a code developer. That feels like, that feels like Facebook laying off 11,000 people. Like, yeah, it does. It does. Like, the, who? why did you have that many people working for you, but your customer service was still shit? Like, Terrible. what's happening? Yeah. In this public space. That's why we stopped advertising. Dude, and, I have bought, I have gone to war with Facebook, quite literally, <laughs> to war over their shit policies, their horrible customer service they make marketing almost impossible on the platform but we are the legs they stand on they could not be doing anything they do without the hundreds of millions of ad revenue that they generate that's literally their biggest that that that's where they make their money that and selling data to china literally why do you make it hard yeah that's silly how do you guys feel about the ads i go back and forth on this i hate ads i absolutely hate them but that's how most of marketing i feel like makes their money Ads are my livelihood at the end of the day. Unfortunately, John, you hate them because they're right. And there's a reason they're right. Because they're tracking you. And I, you just have to know to not let them track you. It's very I, simple. They're in the way. That's the issue. Be stronger. Don't fall under the influence. Yeah. You it's can't. Not our fault. You're weak. That's not. I, all right. I disagree with that. And I take full issue with this. There is no way. <laughs> there's no way to avoid. Our brains are not smart enough to avoid the social engineering that is happening. There's no way. We're just not. We're not evolved enough. We're not evolved enough. We're not evolved enough. We are still That's monkeys. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I disagree. I'm looking at my phone. I'm looking at my phone. My phone serves me up an app for a pair of pants I've wanted for weeks. I keep seeing this stupid ad. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to buy these damn pair of pants. I clearly want them if I keep seeing them. And guess what? I love this pair of pants. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. What I'm, what I'm, <laughs> saying, what I'm saying is that. And that is good marketing. It is good I, I get that. I know I'm outnumbered here, but I'm going to stand. I'm gonna, this is one of the few hills that I won't die on, but I'll definitely break an arm on. I just like, look. Hey, make your case. All right. The social engineering that happens with advertising is unhealthy. And whether or not you're targeted doesn't matter. If you were on the fence about something, it will drive you towards that. And my argument is, at the basis, we need less stuff. We don't need as much stuff as we have. We are better off with less. And that is the easy basis that I will stick on because it's the least dangerous for me. You want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? You can go first. Fuck, do I need more whiskey? <laughs> no, I just want to say, like, there's nothing wrong with having stuff. And I agree that people could have less stuff in their lives. But it's not, like, a marketer's fault that, like, the world we live in consumption consumption is so huge like it's not just we just found a market to market things because consumption's massive like people are there's the shit's gonna still be produced it's just not gonna be bought it's gonna end up in a landfill you know what i mean if everybody tomorrow decided they were never gonna buy from walmart ever again it would take years for walmart to bank go bankrupt like and be done forever do you know what i'm saying that's the but voters' fallacy. Still be produced. Supply that, is still going to be created. No, We're that, just making it easier for the 
person who wants it to get it. I have to I have to disagree. That's the voters fallacy. That's the vote for the other side because we don't want the the first side to win. That's the it's going to happen no matter what. So you might as well just either get in line or fight against it. One of the two. No, it's more about self-control. Like if you have self-control to not buy the shit that they're serving up for you, that's fine. But if they if it's targeted for you, then there's it's you're meant to have it. So I think. And also, I mean, do you think that nothing is going to be sold if marketing's gone? No, 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 no. I think products, no matter what, are going to turn because humans have this innate desire for more. Let's say you don't see the advertising. Sure. Do you think the product's gone? Yes, it's absolutely going to keep selling. I'm not, not. I'm sorry, it's not going to be gone. It's just going to keep rolling. Right. So if anything, we're just getting the product gone faster. So either the company can shut down faster if it's not selling well, or they can grow if they are selling well. At the end of the day, it's going to sell. The advertising is really just going to tell you how well it's going to sell. You guys are like the salespeople that just say, I'm just helping people find what they really wanted all along. People are going to shop. They do it every day, 24-7, all around the world. I agree. If my marketing can get my company's product out and I get paid, I'm doing my job. So I don't have enough to disagree with you. At least make the advertising look pretty. At least the social media looks nice. Mm-hmm. I, and you do a great job. I know that. So it, we don't have to we don't have to agree or disagree on that level. Let's go one level just a little bit higher, not not deeper into it. Is it moral for a company like McDonald's or Starbucks to put addictive materials into their food and market them in an addictive way, like with the red logo and everything? Interesting. So. Do they have a social think, responsibility to avoid that for the consumer? I do think people have. I do think big companies need to have a social responsibility to not, like, do stupid things. Do stupid things because be their current responsibility abusive. is to create shareholder value, and that in itself can be dangerous once you hack the human brain. There's a there's a line you definitely tread, and I think the longer we're around it and like we can recognize it the easier it'll be to like not succumb to like the bullshit you know but i I don't know shit about addictive food stuff in like coffee or starbucks or whatever but i rarely eat mcdonald's so i really don't know anything about that but i do think about like uh shein like fast fashion i guess that's like a really relatable way they quite literally like sell clothes for like five or ten dollars and their shit they end up in landfills and there's like whole situation i do think they have a social responsibility to not do shit like that if that's kind of answering your question but at the end of the day if you're going back to what john's saying that has nothing to do with the marketers mm-hmm. why not the marketers get paid what they are paid to advertise Especially if you work in a marketing agency where the company is getting the contracts, you're just dishing out what you need to dish out. Now, if the company is a shitty company, excuse my language, that's on the company. And if they're advertising, they need to just be honest in their advertisements. McDonald's is honest. Like they say it right there. You have to take this intake of calories in a day. This is how many calories the meal has. That's on you if you want to go over. You it says s- it in every single advertisement. How many calories are in that meal they're showing you? And Pepsi, I mean, same thing. Coca-Cola, same thing. It is on the consumer on whether they decide to consume it. So, yes, companies have a moral right to tell you what's in their food, what they're selling to you. 
But if you're taking the advertising and the advertising is working, that just means the marketers did their job. It doesn't really say whether the product's good or bad. So now we come down to the actual question. I truly don't have an answer for this one and I don't even have an opinion on it, but I really do think the average American consumer is not smart enough to make those decisions at all. Therefore, whose fault is it that they're now obese, addicted to 10 different things, poor, and don't know what they're doing with their lives? Whose A fault government. is that? You said the is government. She said the government? Yeah, the, the, the easy education answer. System and now the education system is poor, and now your teachers can't teach you everything they want to teach you because they can't afford to. So, wait a minute. That opens its own can of worms because the private school kids that are super rich and brought up on their own things, we know plenty of them. I can think of many examples that are not very intelligent and not doing very well for themselves. They're only propped up by their family money. So well, that's because they didn't make the money. They just have it. Sure. What I'm saying is that I don't know if the education system could be solved with more money. I'm saying it's got an even deeper problem. But the thing is, the private school system is its own thing. Sure. Yeah, right. It's its own issue. Yeah, like that's its own issue. I was a public girl schoolie, did great, went to college, did the whole uni thing. So she worked. And I'm not that stupid. I went to a D high school. The high school grade was a D. I don't think you're that stupid. Exactly. Okay. I was a, I was a high grade girly in that school. And let me tell you something. I still love McDonald's. I don't let it consume me, but I still love McDonald's. As do I. I don't, don't think, think it has it. anything to do with like the intelligence of Americans, if that makes sense. Like it, there's a, we're not the smartest people. Okay. America reads like statistically at a fifth grade level. That's a 10 year old. Is that a real statistic? Yes, that's why most presidents will give their speeches written at a fifth grade level. Obama would give speeches at an eighth grade level and those would receive the most criticism. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, just think of Trump. I learned this in a speech class. These are real things. That's why they tell you when you write, you shouldn't use jargon. And when you do advertising, marketing, speeches, don't use jargon because people are stupid. They yeah. don't know what you're talking about. That's why advertising is usually so fun, cute, like less than 50 words, you know? Like, yeah. we're just trying to get you to read it and buy it. Mm. Alliteration yeah. is my best friend. And that's not on us. Read more. Go to school. Get some tutoring. Go to university. Don't go to university. It's a lot of money, kids. Go to your local state colleges, okay? There you go. Yep. But go to what you can afford. It's just a deeper, it's just a deeper question. That has nothing question. to do with marketing. I, I'm that not... is a root level government issue that has to do with the education system and what they allow people to learn and thrive off of, I'm which just, in our case is good advertising. I'm just asking the question. I don't have the answer. That was the answer. I don't, I don't know if it is at this point. I don't know how to solve it. I don't think humans have ever been smart enough to handle something. We're smarter than we've ever been, ever in history. And we're still too stupid to handle society. But statistically, we read at a grade level. Okay, but 500 years ago, what? we didn't read at all. Okay, I'm just saying, okay. I'm just, I'm just saying that, like, that it's like the issue, the issue with the education system is a, like a, a long-standing problem. There's no easy solution on fixing it. Like sure, I, I agree. there's no, there's no yep. one way you could solve the world problems right now, but. Just to give factual information, there is a 79%, there are 79% of US adults that are illiterate in 2022. I'm sorry, are literate in 2022. So that means that there are 
21% that they are illiterate in America. These are adults. This is over 18. And only 54% of those people can read above a sixth grade level. Interesting interjection. I don't think if you work on a farm, you need to read. I think you probably know more about things that people are never going to be any good at. And you're, you're going to be better at them than what you need to do. And you're not going to need to. That depends your position. Sure. But I mean, like, I, there's plenty of farmers out there that are doing jobs that none of us could ever even compare, like could come close to doing. And they're probably. Yeah, it's like the Einstein fish quote. What is it? If you give a fish the same test you give a monkey, he's going to fail. Absolutely. Different jobs. 100% agree. So I don't think that has anything to do with it. And I'm not saying everyone needs to be at a great reading level, but you can't be mad at advertising for working because someone decided to stop reading after fifth grade. I'm not mad. I'm just asking the question. Or blame Ooh. advertising. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yes. Well, I agree with that. There is some blaming there. There is some blaming because I just see it. I see it working and it works too well. And if it works way I, too well, what do you do? Everyone's like a slave. It scares you. It what? I feel like it scares you. It does because I know I can identify it, but I can see other people not identifying it. People watch football and in football, there's an advertisement every two minutes. There just is. And there's, there's three advertisements every two minutes and they repeat those over and over. And they're usually life insurance. Uh, drugs. It's a lot of pharmaceutical stuff over and over and over. And you see, all right, there's there's 100 million Americans currently watching this right now, getting this information pumped into their brain that they, if they have back pain, they need this addictive drug. And then all of a sudden, holy shit, we've got an opioid epidemic. How did that come about? Marketing. Fellas. Or don't, don't roast me too hard. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. The root of volleyball is not marketing. <laughs> no, no, no. I agree. I agree. I'm not saying it is. I think that. Um, I will say not... I agree with the drugs only because I know that healthcare is the biggest marketing like industry. Those yeah. people get paid local money. I'm hating on the overall system, not your individual sector of the system. I'm just, I'm just curious. It's interesting for me to get a different opinion on it. Yeah, I don't know a lot about big pharma, to be completely honest. I know it's an issue, but it's probably a good I... thing. <laughs> hmm? It's probably a good thing. It's probably scary. I mean, my parents raised me like really like holistic as shit, so I just never gave it the time of day. Right. Um. So I guess it doesn't. And I'm not saying it doesn't affect me because one day it will. One day it'll be old and in a hospital and like whatever. It does worry me. It's like it used to be. I don't even know what it used to be. It was probably in the 60s and 70s. Everyone was handing out pills and shit. And they're like, ah, yeah, this will get you high as hell. And it was great. Nowadays, it's like, oh, wait a minute. There's a pill for everything. And that pill's really bad. You don't want that. Addictive. And, like, I think that if you don't have, like, a natural immune system and you constantly use, like, over-the-counter medication to, like, feel better, like, you'll never be able to achieve that on your own. And your body is built to do that. So... We all have a friend who's constantly got something wrong in a new medication. And I mean, some people need medication. Yeah. Marketing doesn't scare me. That scares me. Again, though, not our fault. If Correct. the doctor gives you the medication just because a marketing person told you to get it, yeah. not on us. Yeah. You're right. We didn't have we didn't, we're not we're not doctors. We're not signing the slip that gives it to you. I hope you don't think I'm attacking you. And I, I actually I wish Matt was here for the one reason that he hates the insurance companies. He's like, look, yeah. these are the guys that are screwing everything up, and that's the one thing I do usually kind of ping on. I'm like, look, 
if a doctor says you need this and it has been advertised to you and you say, hey, look, I've used this to identify I have this problem. Can we go forward with it? And the advertising, the insurance company says, no, you literally just can't get that thing, even though you know it's right. Doctor knows it's right. Everyone's on board, but it doesn't, it isn't covered. You're like, all right, what do I do here? Oh, question. Yeah. Because I, about the insurance industry, because I recently was in um, a car accident and I had medical bills and I needed the insurance. I mean, like I have never, ever, ever like made an insurance claim in my life, but I made an insurance claim about the car and then about my medical bills. Um, And they gave me like this like shit excuse about my medical bills what's the point of you (laughs) like why have i been paying for health insurance like all these years i guess are you not to like i mean like let's i go to the doctor once a year that's literally it that's my my deductibles like chump change the one time i need you guys to pay out you don't you have hit it right on the head there is a gig- I don't under- what's the point what's the point you guys there is so this is my biggest gripe and i so i've spoken to insurance people and they've dr- they've drunk the kool-aid so hard that they're so ingrained in this whole like we improve society thing like we're really good we're essential you have to have us and your point is perfect there's a gigantic conflict of interest it's massive it is literally an industry that is designed to not pay you and for you to pay them to not pay you <laughs> that is what it is and and everyone says well you got to have it because you never know what's going to happen right and i'm like but what if i am a person who knows how to save or fix these things myself or has friends and connections and they're like no no no, you need to have it it's it's for the other person even if it does happen they still don't so like Correct. basically i'm about to turn 25 and then i'm no longer on my my mother's health care whatever um no, you have until 26 or 26, whatever, but actually it's 25. No, it's 26 in the state of Florida. Cause I'm 26 and I'm getting off my mother's insurance next month. I got screwed. Oh. I just got kicked off this year. <laughs> well, I'm, sorry. I'm turning 26 next month. Uh, so like, that's what I'm saying. When you, you want that 26, uh, got it. I, um, I still got screwed. It's okay. Hope for me, yeah. but, um, I stopped. So. I went to go see the doctor this past time. It's a chiropractor, obviously for this, whatever. And I'm like, you can, he was like, you can pay it through like your insurance, but like, they're going to come back and tell you you owe money. He was like, and if I pay it through insurance, I'm going to bill you this. But if we just settle it here with you, I'm going to bill you this smaller amount. Um, And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, we go after the insurance company because we know they'll pay it. But if I know I'm, I'm talking to you and I know they're not going to pay it, let's, let's just settle on this, which is what it's worth. Why wouldn't you? And I was like, that is so nice. And then I went and talked to my actual lady doctor. She said the same shit. And I was like, great. Maybe I'll just pay everything out of pocket. I've done that with my glasses. It was cheaper to get my prescription glasses, like with lens crafters than it was to use my insurance. Yep. I've done that with my glasses too. We created an industry that doesn't work. (laughs) What do you mean? We created the insurance industry to make life a lot safer. And it did really well for a bit. And then what happened was they realized, oh, wait, we can make everyone require this product if we hire a bunch of lawyers in New York to lobby for us. And so they did. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, everyone's required to have all these things. And you're like, oh, 
Wait a minute. I don't want this. No, you have to have this. Wait, but I don't want it. <laughs> it doesn't help me. It's goofy. Get it. It's it's it is goofy. It's my vendetta. That's the one thing I like truly actually have a vendetta against is the insurance world. It's awful. Yeah. And you work in it. I have a vendetta Commercial against real the estate, very different. So against what? I have a vendetta against the credit world. I have amazing credit. I love my credit. I still think that credit is a scam. I think it is too. For most so people. I have incredible credit as well. I've had a credit card since I was 16. Um, right. My mom like instilled it in me really young. She was like, you're going to pay this off every month. This is what it's going to look like. Um, so I have like, um, um, the credit card I've been like a member of since whatever, I have like a really high limit, which is bananas that they gave me that high of a limit. Yeah. And I'm like, it's like my student loan shit. Like when they gave me a student loan, same thing. Like you're in a loan an 18 year old, this much money. Are you? Mm -mm. And then the interest rates on it can be fucking ridiculous. So it's, designed, it's designed to screw you over. I think the biggest scam that Florida Gulf Coast did, and I'm calling you out here because I don't agree with it, was putting students to make Wells Fargo's account, knowing that Wells Fargo has one of the highest credit, credit percentage rates in the freaking country. And on top of that, they also have the highest scam rates. Mm -hmm. Like yes. there are literally other banks, Chase and Bank of America have policies in place because of Wells Fargo, because yes. of the mistakes they made. They had, a, regions, girly. they had a big scandal yeah, 10 big years girly, ago. But that's because of my mom. You're what? I am a Bank of America girly, but that is because I have family ties. My mother. Uh, is she a banker? Yes. You must be so financially savvy. <laughs> I, John gets mad at me because of my stuff. It's very pretty. She'll, All green. That is so hot. Well, you are that bitch. She asked <laughs> She asked me like six years ago, she's like, hey, teach me how to do the stocks. And I was like, I hate that sentence, but I'll help you. And so we just started getting into it. And I was basically like, look, at this point, the best thing that you can do is I think the simplest thing and what everyone should do is go look at all the products that you buy every single week and go talk to your mom about products she buys every single week, your dad, people like that, your family, friends. What are the things that the people you know constantly purchase and love they have high customer satisfaction they find it wonderful and they'll continue to consume it go buy those companies just split your money evenly among those companies you'll do fine chelsea's kicking my ass like by a lot i am i'm technical like i go into the, i've got all these like long bets for the future and this hedging and all this stuff and her portfolio is just whooping me but probably because he doesn't believe in marketing so it's not that i don't I believe in it I choose companies that I know have never had bad marketing. That's a good point. You've got an insight into that that a lot of people don't have. I choose companies that haven't had marketing scandals. Yeah. That I know that they have a good marketing record, that they're not going to go down like Pepsi did for a hot minute because they wanted to be funny with Kendall Jenner. Oh, like, God, yeah. You have to go for companies that have good track record, oh, especially he... good good co companies that have good crisis calm track records. Like when they when they mess up, they have a good PR team. Yeah. So what's yeah. The... like? I'll give my money to Disney any day. I know they'll get rid of that person in a second. They have a yeah. hitman. You'll never hear anything bad about Disney. <laughs> Yeah, they're good. So what, what is the proper response, in your opinion, if someone does something really stupid for the company on like social media? Proper response. It's all curated based off the situation. But so, yeah, it's always own up. Transparency wins every day. 
every day. Okay, go on. Wait, a marketing, amazing, amazing marketing. The Try Guys. Yes, dude. That was beautiful. That was so perfect. The couch sit down, the fact that like somebody dropped a TikTok and like leaked it. And then they were like, you know, we were dealing with this internally and we take it very seriously. This was like a friend and now it's on the internet. And so we owe it to you guys. So what like, is this? Yeah, you do, yeah. but don't. Like, they Their followers went up like crazy. Their video views have gone up like cr- I started following them. I had never heard of them about Me like. Too. So what is Amazing. this? I, I need context. Oh, okay, so. You go. <laughs> we always so finish the, each other's sandwiches. <laughs> the Try Guys are this like group of dudes. They originally were with BuzzFeed, but they left BuzzFeed to be the Try Guys. And they just do random shit. They try things. It started with them trying different like fast food restaurants or trying different like like hobbies people do. Stupid shit. Now they make these YouTube videos and they have this massive YouTube channel, TikTok, Instagram, etc. And there's this one guy on the Try Guys. His name is Ned Fulmer, who always talks about his hot wife. And his hot wife does like this um, podcast called The Try Wives. So there's like a group, a community there. And there was like this, I think she was like a producer on the on the YouTube show. Her name was Alex. And Ned and Alex had an affair. And were caught in 4K at a Harry Styles concert making out with each other. And nice. it blew up all over Reddit and on the internet. And they obviously, like the, the other Try Guys, didn't know. And they were like had to call HR because they're a company now. They went through HR. And then like when one of the interns, like I don't know if you saw the original TikTok of the intern like spilling the tea about what all of these men have in common and it was like john mulaney ned fulmer and somebody else and what they all have in common was that they were cheating on their wives um yeah so he dropped it and then all the other try guys started like they had a sit down um where they like filmed a video of all of them just like individually talking about it i think they were reading off a prompt i personally think some of them memorized their statements but they just said the truth that it was brought to their attention via internet like when we found out they found out and like they didn't think so many people would necessarily care turns out a lot of people care so we owe you this statement and they said we've lost a friend a business partner and we ask you to respect their privacy but here's the truth we're gonna edit the him out of a bunch of videos and it's gonna be weird like quite literally there's a video of with ned in it that they just edited an elephant over him like the elephant in the room yes they're like, it's going to be weird, but we've spent literally hundreds of dollars on production for these YouTube videos and they make us money. They're our livelihood. So they have to go out and that's just how it's going to be. And wow. it was a perfect response. So funny enough, cause you said the whole, like, we didn't hear about them. They had just gotten a food network contract. Mm. That's really why people, I guess, cared because they like had just gotten a contract with like this big TV thing. And then Reddit was like, oh yeah we're taking this everywhere yeah because food network one any network will drop you for some drama like you sign a contract like that and then you have a giant scandal it will drop you like yeah so the way they handled it like i think they were more upset at him and were just forthcoming about the fact that they were like this guy risked our livelihood and we take that seriously sure my favorite example i wanted to run by you is the burger king whoopsie on twitter they had a few years ago do you remember that so they put on they basically just tweeted out just a single tweet that said 
women belong in the kitchen. And, you know, that that itself has like a shock value because everyone's like, how the hell are you I saying that? I remember that, that now. And then, yes. you know, they elaborated and said, no, we mean we're hiring like a shitload more women because we care about this. And we're like, we're, we're pushing for equality. We love this thing. But I was like, guys, you had to know this was going to blow up in the wrong it's way. It's sensitivity proofing. Like when you're sitting in like a, when a bunch of men are sitting in a conference room deciding what the, the tweets are going to be and like pitching like ideas yeah. and they don't have any sensitivity proofing, any like, I don't know, anybody there to like proof, the, to check them that is ingrained in it. It just puts shit out there. You can tell a lot of the times when the marketing rooms don't have certain people there. Sure. Yes. Sure. So, well, Burger King doesn't have like a physical face, really. They're just, they're such a big brand. They, could, they couldn't make that YouTube video that comes out and says, hey, we're sorry. We apologize for this. Oh, yeah. On the other hand, do we need the proofing or do we need to just care less? I feel like we should just care less. Okay. I think the problem is, as a whole of society, we should care less. And also, I think people need to learn how to talk to other people better. I think there's a huge communication problem in this the world we live in right now hey, we, so it's a combination of both i think yeah but we're yeah. getting we're getting worse at it because we don't talk in person a lot we're just on our phones the whole day we're like mm -hmm. hi how are you like you pass someone in a hallway what do you do that is my least favorite thing to do on the planet because you're like when do i look at them when do i look at them what do i do do i say hi i always say hi well, just big smile and hi hi how are you I think it's like the internet generation yeah it's terrible there's just kids that they live on the internet hey i'm one of them mm -hmm. No, you're not. You're an adult. I'm talking Thank about you. the kids that like, they're 10 years, they got on the internet when they were like seven or eight and they just never left. Mm -hmm. Well, you know my opinion. They're gonna be so much smarter than all the rest of us, but they're gonna be so much dumber socially. Mm -hmm. They're gonna be so much smarter. More book smart than streets. Because they just, they never go to the streets. Yeah. You should have seen, you should see my little brother try to make a phone call to like, a restaurant to place a pickup order can't fucking do it yeah. sorry freaking can't do it can't do it he just like doesn't have the words he doesn't have like the ability yeah. you know what i mean oh they were never taught they were never taught it's kind of funny because that means just sales is going to get so much more valuable in the next 10 years do you like the ability to like have an intelligent conversation about something and you know like talk through it talk about the merits you don't think so like no because I mean, a lot of sales now is over the phone. A lot of sales is over the internet. I don't even know if it's over the phone as much anymore. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there are still trade shows and like, of course, there's always going to be like mortar shops, but big companies, they're not going to care. If you can sell something over the phone or like on a little online chat box, you're good to go. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I just mean for and the local also, businesses. Some of those industries, they will take in weird people and they will communicate well enough with each other that they're gonna get that sale across just fine. Sure, yeah. sure, that's an interesting point. I don't know, I just, I had my buddy Alex Mamara on and he's like as intense into sales as possible. And so he's one of these guys that is so fully ingrained in it. He, he does, he runs a team that does door-to-door -door sales for a company, which is just a wild concept in 2022. In 2022? Uh-huh, and he does really well. And his team like does. Right now? Yeah, yeah, right now, really well. What does he sell? So I'll let I'll I'll get you guys introduced so you can talk about it. I'm gonna pitch it wrong. I, Sorry. But either way, wonderful guy, and he's so into this whole. This is a healthy thing. Like it's good to have people learning how to talk to other people about things, and sales is never going away. And he's all about this. I'm kind of like I, I'm sort of in the in between between like hey, 
see your point, but if you can sell it on the internet, it's arguably better, right? He's like, yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with that. I just think I'm going to outdo you every time. And I said, all right, <laughs> all right. I don't think sales will ever go away. I just think it's going to be very different yeah. now, you know, being like probably even 10 years with the way things are going. No doubt. Can you I don't imagine? think it'll ever change though. 2030 is going to be weird. It's going to be so weird. Can you picture? Can you picture the difference between 2018 and 2022? I can't wait to make holographic advertising. I feel like that's going to be so cool. I'll have like a, one of our machines just holographically floating at Times Square. Mm. Uh, that's what I imagine advertising is going to be like. I would love that. At least I, that's very, if not, probably. It's very Star Wars. I love that. I mean, like even marketing has changed. I mean, the past couple of years, people went from taking really nice photos to now everything is video. Everything's video. Well, they realized they got more views in the algorithm. Right, because that's what the algorithm it feeds to people. Almost every social media now has video. It knows your eyes. TikTok. And like posting on Instagram is not nearly as important these days as posting a story on Instagram. Like those things get way more traction than just like a generic post. Or TikTok. Yeah. TikTok scares the shit out of me. <laughs> TikTok is nuts. It is nuts, but it's also like amazing. And what it can do for some of those like small or even I guess big businesses, but like the small ones specifically. I just bought a horror ornament yesterday for like $13 because it showed up on my TikTok and I'm like, I've never seen anything like this. My best friend will love this. And I bought it. Yeah. That one girl's video had like 200,000 views and saved her whole dad's company. It's reading your mind. It wasn't. I didn't ask I her whole tournament. It reads your mind. I'm so scared. He's so afraid. Have you ever? That we're in his brain. <laughs> I don't. I like freedom. I'm a huge fan of personal freedom and choice and all that you stuff. You still got freedom with advertising. Just say no and scroll. I know. That's Just why say I don't, no. That's why I don't have TikTok. I will never download it ever. I have no interest in any of that stuff. So, like, have you have you ever read their operating agreement? It scares the hell out of me. That's that's one of the few things. When you click that little acceptance thing, you're basically saying it can take everything on your phone. It can take everything from every device your phone talks to, and it can take every everything from every device your phone comes into contact with. It's so invasive. It's awful. What are they gonna? I'm sorry, but like, what? Just more control. What, what are they taking exactly? I don't, know. Like, I don't know. What's on my phone that they want so bad? It's just. It's control. We've all probably been on social media since we were like in middle school. I would say, right? Yeah, 2011 is when I got Twitter. If they anything by now, my dumbass probably gave it to them in middle school. Like, if they had my social security, they took it in middle school. I'm not yeah. worried about that. I'm worried about, like, the constant little crumbs of control you give up, and all of a sudden it's, like, Blade Runner 2042, and, like, we don't. We just work in a factory, and then... I, that's, what, that's what I'm worried about. It, it, I know that's such a crazy Later. thing to say. Yeah, it's literally like we're going to wake up 20 years later, and we're like, oh, wait, we all work for... We all work for Skynet or whatever it is, and just the robots run everything. And I think it's a very yeah, slippery Amazon. slope. The what? We all work for Amazon. Will probably happen faster. Oh yeah, Amazon's on the way. I don't know. They're crazy. They're they're crazy from the real estate perspective because everyone's just like enamored with them, and they tie up all these sites. Like they put so many things under contract, and they drop nine out of ten of them. So everyone's like, "It's Amazon. It's my retirement payday." And then they just they're like, "Ah, nah, screw you. We're so big, we can do whatever we want." That's, that's, I've heard like so many bad things about Amazon. It's ridiculous. I don't it's a Hydra. purchase 
from anything from Amazon. Chelsea, you know, you know Marvel. It's it's literally Hydra, is what it is. <laughs> it's this it's this organization that works behind the scenes and does everything. I have a friend in HR. She works in healthcare now, but she worked for Amazon. She said that was a shit house. Yeah, no like doubt. she worked for the HR department in Amazon. It was a shit house. I have no doubt. I just just the kind of things you hear, like on the news, you think they're faking it, but it's not. They are. They're peeing in bottles, and like they're not getting pee breaks, and they are consistently moving and like basically not getting any break. And oh my God, they don't really get lunch breaks either. I just. Mm. human life is the most valuable thing for a lot of people like there's probably people say like you don't need breaks blah blah blah. you do like mentally physically you will get arthritis by the time you're 30 packing boxes for 10 hours a day what even is your existence what is your existence if that's all you do i don't know i feel like that could be a nice job if people want to think i don't know how i could do it every day yeah. It's not a long. I don't. I don't know how that's a long term thing for people. Just no. Don't. no, me either. At least not in the warehouse. It's one of those you have to wonder. You're like, all right, at when does it lose the human centric decision making? Like, at how many people do you have to have when all of a sudden it's like a? I'm just doing my job. But if you have 300 people just doing their job, then all of a sudden it's a giant corporate mess that doesn't care about anything. Because mm-hmm. if enough people are just doing their job, it nothing matters. Like you're just everyone's innocent because no one wants to be complicit in the 300 small moving parts that make the one giant moving part right you or, am lost I, me. or am i crazy i'm just, all right so like 300 little 300 i thought summer. that was a child no that's summer <laughs> i figured Sorry. Sorry. We don't don't record this on camera. Okay, I thought that was a child. Right. Well, it's getting late anyways. We're an hour. We're almost an hour 30, so we should probably wrap up. But my point was... John, you have a child in here. I don't know what she was was crying. I thought you didn't like kids. I don't, but it doesn't really matter. So, all right, my point was... (laughs) My point was, look, if you have enough people saying, it's not my job to care about this, and the end product is Facebook which doesn't care what it does. It just consumes and destroys. But it's technically no one's fault. What the hell do you do? I don't know. Neither it's Mark Zuckerberg's fault. Yeah, but I don't think he really runs anything anymore. He's too busy trying to make the metaverse work. I don't think the problem is that there's no one to fault. It's that the root of the problem is usually so large that at that point, there's, you just look for someone else to blame. Like Facebook has been around for so long their program is not going to change. All right, that's what I'm saying. Everyone's everyone's okay, and everyone has convinced themselves that they have no blame, and so it's fine because it's 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 a Facebook problem. It's not like a it's not like a like a John Deere problem or like any of these other little people that contribute to it. It's like when people say dismantle the system, start from the ground up. Like that's the only solution they see. Well, you are the ground. We are we are the ground. I know. It's crazy. But like, what can the ground do? We can't dismantle the ground from the ground up. Somebody from the top has to decide that they're going to dismantle the system from the top down. But you're at the top. Why would you do that? You run the world. I wish. But if you did. I ran the world. I think examples like Facebook, it's just a lot of it. I mean, one, yeah, it's user-based. We're the ones posting. You know, if there's something stupid on there, it's it's us. Sure. But you also have to 
kind of acknowledge that these programs don't have any settings for regulations, especially now. I don't even think they're regulating news um, like they were before. So like if they're not going to regulate it and we're not going to teach people to regulate themselves because let's face it, at this point, we just say, well, if Facebook let you post it, then whatever. But what so, even like, is the truth? It's going to keep going because people like at what point this point you can either delete Facebook you can keep posting and block the people that annoy you, which is something I do. Yeah. And I love Facebook because of it. I like my platform. There's no one annoying on there. Or, you know, you can keep blaming Facebook and keep using it normally. But there are things that you can do to change your own social media. You can block, unfollow, mute. I like, love my mute button. I use the hell out of that thing. It's a great option. Social media, at the end of the day, it's in your hands. You can decide what to do with it, but people are going to post either way. Yeah. So you social can't media decide is, what other people are going to do. It's a yeah. tool. It's a tool, and you 100% decide how. And again, I want to remind you, we're it's running a resource. We're I think long. it's a great resource. We're social up. media can be an amazing resource. So it, it's like a hammer. If you hit yourself, if you hit yourself in the head with a hammer, it's your fault. But if you use it on a nail, it's very effective and it's great. But if you put a Band-Aid on a nail, it doesn't work. However, if you put that Band-Aid on a cut, it's great. Social media the hammer or the nail? I'm saying it's a tool. I'm agreeing with Chelsea. Think we're the nail. Oh. <laughs> Don't get too deep in the metaphor. <laughs> it's a bad metaphor. Think we're the nail and like the person is hammering. Oh my God, we're getting too deep in the metaphor. Okay, <laughs> you brought up the metaphor. I know, it was terribly done. Oh. I only use Facebook from a marketing standpoint. Like I've never even had a Facebook page before I started with my advertising agency. Um, and there is like page transparency and like policy regulations. Like, if you're posting something political, they'll take it down now. But I don't know who's policing that. And I post I post an ad that has nothing political about it and they'll report it for political like whatever you know what i mean like it's all i mean it's the arbiters of truth big brothers watching yes it's all bs all bs if they are monitoring it it's not good well well done it's not a very good job no mm -hmm. that that's an even that that's an entire other hour and a half podcast conversation of what the heck is truth who decides truth where do you go with that and i don't i literally don't have the brain capacity to do that right now that's so much so either way do you research people i do, do what you wait what did you say everyone should just do their own research completely agree but at the same oh fuck no we're gonna get into this <laughs> all right all right I think this is a great place. I want to be done. I know. I'm tired. It's it's an hour 30. This is usually my cutting point. But I sober on this note, you should come on again. Okay. Because I had a great time. I should be a girl. Do people listen to us? I, I have no clue. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do? Yeah. Hi, people. Hi, Mom. I feel like I'm just on FaceTime with John Cole. I don't like him at the bar, honestly. That's, that's literally the point. That's why we do it. It's a blast. We just shoot the shit. It's fun. Like we had we had Joel on the other week. That was such a blast. We have We could probably you. change the podcast name. We don't really talk about finance. That was the funny thing, is like the whole point all right, literally, I swear to God, this is the last thing we're doing and then we're gonna be done. All right. So the originally it was that. It was like, hey, look. I want to talk about these things and all the misconceptions with money and how we think about it. And then the more you get into it, 
the more I learned and realized that it's just so much different. And the things that I'm interested in that I want to talk about with you guys are so different from just the numbers side of things because it all interacts with each other. It all matters. And money in itself is just allocation of resources, how we decide to spend our lives and who we decide to spend it with. That is kind of the point. So yes, feel good finance may be a little misleading, but I also like it. We should name it grab a drink. Everyone grab a drink before you get on the podcast. I call, yes. so I call my Substack big boy drinks and bendy straws. And I Gosh, what? My Say that again? Substack. It's like a, it's like a little, uh, it's like a Long. publication. Yeah, sort of, kind of, sort of, but it's called big boy drinks and bendy straws. And the point is like, you need to have an alcoholic drink. You need to be old enough to, to see this and think about it. But at the same point, you get a bendy straw. Don't take yourself too seriously. It's a cute one. Thanks. It's cute. All right. We had fun. Thank you, Silver. I loved having you on. Chelsea, it was so good to see you. Bye, everyone. Catch you next week.